Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I'm opening up a series of conversations out of the book, The Release of the Spirit by Watchman Nee. Without this work of brokenness happening within us, led by the Holy Spirit, invited by us and embraced by us, we will not see the true outpouring of His Spirit from within His sons. It's not a matter of just the releasing of gifts. We must have the release of the Spirit. So here we go, my friends. Enjoy. As I get ready to complete chapter 1, the reading of chapter 1 out of The Release of the Spirit by Watchman Nee on this episode, I just want to make sure that I say again, as I have many times before, that brokenness is not bad things happening to you, right? This Because many people uh, have gone through horrific things, uh, some self-inflicted, some comes to us by the choices of other people, and sometimes people just become more resolute, more strengthened in self. Uh, they harden themselves. They take great pride in how they've come through so many difficult things. It doesn't mean that they're broken of the self, that hard husk that is determined to live uh, on its own and takes great pride in its human strength, human resilience. You see, this breaking that we're talking about and that Watchman Nee is writing about is the breaking of all that independent strength, the breaking of that which um, keeps us from our uh, deep abiding oneness with the Father. Um, This brokenness that we're looking at is what actually and finally releases us as who we are in him and to him. And then the two can move as one. And, of course, brokenness happens again and again and again. It's not just a one-time thing. Actually, it becomes a way of life. So I want to read the sections today, uh, beginning with the meaning of the cross. I'm going to read a section that actually several weeks ago I referred to on two reasons that we are not broken, and then the last section of chapter 1 called Expect to See Wounds. So, how glad am I to share this with you? And just remember this, my friends, you don't break yourself. You do not break you. And just again, because we've had things happen to us, many many people throw around this term, you know, broken and flawed people. We're just all broken people. Okay, That's not the same as what is being spoken of here. This breaking is something that we invite. It is something that we begin to understand and we realize, okay, Father, I I ask you, you know, to do this or I give you permission to do this um, because we are tired of 
just trying to make right decisions and we grow weary of our performance, thank God, finally. Uh, we're no longer enamored, you know, with our cleverness or, um, you know, again, our human uh, attributes, and we want to really to know him. So I just wanted to make sure to share that today um, because this is very precious to the Lord, and it's what releases us. Remember, he went to an awful lot of trouble to make a new you. He's not trying to destroy you. But when we've been so intertwined and so enmeshed with flesh, um, and the soul has been so overriding um, that it can feel like it's coming for us, because wedging in the power of the cross beginning to wedge in between spirit and soul right can be pretty intense but holy spirit is expert at this and oh they know what they're doing so let's lean in to this and hear what watchman knee has to say today often we hear about the cross Perhaps we are too familiar with the term. But what is the cross, after all? We shall see it means the breaking of the outward man. Now, there's also a footnote that I want to read um, that comes off of those opening sentences. It says, The cross has several facets. After first realizing by faith the position of our identification with Christ's death and resurrection, We then begin to walk daily on the pathway of the cross. Without basing the pathway upon the position, we shall be plunged into confusion and self-effort. For further clarification, read The Normal Christian Life by the author. It is an excellent prerequisite to this volume. Now stepping back into the reading of the main text. The cross reduces the outward man to death. It splits open the human shell. The cross must break all that belongs to our outward man, our opinions, our ways, our cleverness, our self-love, our selfish interest, our all. Clearly, this is the Lord's way. In fact, it's crystal clear. As soon as our outward man is broken, our spirit can easily come forth. Consider a brother as an example All who know him will acknowledge that he has a keen mind, a decisive will, and refined emotions. But instead of being impressed by the natural characteristics of his soul, they realize they have met his spirit. Whenever people fellowship with him, they encounter a released and a transparent spirit. Why? Because everything characterizing the soul of his outward man has been dealt with. Take a sister as another example. Those who know her recognize her quick disposition. She is quick in thought, quick of speech, quick to confess, quick in writing letters, and quick to tear up what she has written. However, those who meet her do not meet her quickness. Instead, they touch the flowing out of her spirit. She is one who has been utterly broken and has become transparent. This breaking of the outward man is very basic. We should not cling to our weak, 
soulish characteristics, still emitting the same old natural discharges after five or ten years of the Lord's dealing. No, it is important to allow the Lord to forge a way out through the hard shell of our outward man. Two reasons for not being broken. Why is it that after many years under the Lord's dealing, some remain the same? Some individuals have a forceful will, many have powerful emotions, and others have a strong mind. Since the Lord is able to break these, why is it after so many years some are still unchanged? We believe there are two main reasons. First, they live in darkness. Hence, they do not see the hand of God. While God is working, while God is attempting to break their natural soulish strengths, they do not recognize it as being from Him. They are devoid of light, seeing only men opposing them. They imagine their environment is just too difficult and their circumstances are to blame, so they linger in their darkness and despair. May God give us enlightenment to see what is from His hand. Subsequently, may we kneel down and say to Him, It is you, after all. Since it is you, I will accept what you are doing. At least we must recognize whose hand is dealing with us. It is not a human hand, not our family's hand. It's not the brother's and sister's hand in the church, but it is God's very own hand that is dealing with us. We need to learn how to kneel down, kiss the hand, and love the hand, that deals with us. We must have this kind of light to see that whatever exists in our difficult circumstances, we accept and believe that it is God's hand. The Lord can never do any wrong. Second, another great hindrance in breaking the outer man is self-love. We must ask God to take away the heart of self-love. As he deals with us in response to our prayer, we should worship and say, O Lord, if this be your hand, let me accept it from my heart. Let us remember that the one reason for all misunderstandings, all fretfulness, all disappointments, is that we secretly love ourselves. Hence, we plan a way whereby we can rescue ourselves. Many times problems arise due to our seeking a way of escape, an escape from the working of the cross. He who has ascended the cross and refuses to drink the vinegar mingled with gall is the one who knows the Lord. Many go up to the cross rather reluctantly, still thinking of drinking vinegar mingled with gall to alleviate their pain. All who say, The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it, will not drink the cup of vinegar mingled with gall. They can only drink of one cup, not two. Only such ones are these are the ones without self-love. Self-love is a basic difficulty with most believers. May the Lord speak to us today that we may be able to pray, O my God, I have seen that all things come from you. All my hardships these past 5, 10, or 20 years are of you. You have so worked to attain your purpose which is none other than you living your life through me. But I have been foolish. I have failed to see this. I did many things to defend myself, thus delaying your time. Today, I see your hand in all of my situations. I am willing to offer myself to you. 
Once again, I place myself in your hands. Expect to see wounds. No life manifests more beauty than the one who is broken. Stubbornness and self-love have given way to beauty in the one who has been broken by God. For example, consider Jacob in the Old Testament. We see how even in his mother's womb he struggled with his brother. He was subtle, tricky, and manipulative. But his life was full of sorrows and grief. As a youth, he fled from home. For twenty years, he was cheated by Laban. The wife of his heart's love, Rachel, died prematurely. The son of his love, Joseph, was sold into slavery. Years later, another one of his dearly loved sons, Benjamin, was detained in Egypt. Repeatedly, he was dealt with by God, meeting misfortune after misfortune. He was stricken by God once, twice, and thrice. Indeed, his whole history is said to be a history of being stricken by God. Finally, after many recurring dealings, the man Jacob was transformed. In his last few years, he was quite transparent. How dignified was his answer to Pharaoh. How beautiful was his end when he worshipped God, leaning on his staff. How clear were his blessings to his descendants. After reading the last page of his history, we want to bow our heads and worship God. Here is one who is matured, who knows God so experientially. Several decades of dealings have resulted in the breaking of Jacob's outward man. In his old age, his life of brokenness is a picture of beauty. Each one of us has as much of the same Jacob nature in us. Our only hope is that the Lord may blaze away out of us, breaking our outward man, breaking it to such a degree that the inward man may come out and be seen. This is precious. This is the way for those who serve the Lord. Only by this process can we serve the Lord, and only by this procedure can we lead men to the Lord. All else is limited in its value. Doctrinal and theological knowledge does not have that much usefulness. What is the use of mere mental knowledge of the Bible if the outward man remains unbroken? Only the person through whom God can come forth is useful. After our outward man has been stricken, dealt with, and led through various trials, we have wounds upon us, thus allowing the spirit to emerge. We are afraid to meet some brothers and sisters whose whole being remains intact. They never had been dealt with and therefore exhibit no change. May God have mercy upon us to clearly show us this way, that this is the only way only He can reveal. May He also show us the important purpose of all of His dealings within these past few years. Say 10, 15, or 20 years, it is the breaking of the outward man for the release of our inward man, our spirit. Therefore, let no one despise the Lord's dealings. May He truly reveal to us what is meant by the breaking of the outward man. Should the outward man remain whole, everything would then be merely in our mind and remain utterly useless. Let us expect the Lord to deal with our outward man thoroughly for the release of our spirit. I'm glad that we were together today.
And I pray that these words are prompting you to give God permission to do what's necessary for the maturing of you, the maturing of his life within you, so that the two of you can move as one and there can be a true release of the Spirit. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.